This is the Workness Podcast, a platform for women of colour to discuss socio-political issues that affect the intersections of our identity. Hosted by myself, Mina, Stacey, Adil, Khadija, Sheras, and Jess. We recognise how powerful women of colour spaces give rise to the feeling of empowerment. Therefore, expanding the space is imperative to express the voices of the unheard. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the term POC, person of colour, the pressures of being a person of colour and the label itself, whether it's all-encompassing or if there are inter- and intra-community issues that mean the label fails us. Okay, so... Since we're on the topic of problematic terms and perhaps I say problematic in air quotations because it's not necessarily always meant to be like an issue. But I think when it comes to talking about our experiences, it does always end up being grouped. It's like all of us are going through the same thing and some of our experiences are more severe than others. And the experiences we feel end up being like, oh, they all go through it, but actually it's not always like that. So, like, what do you guys think about, for example, we're talking the word POC here. So, people of colour, which is often associated with anyone that is of melanin or any complexion, any, like, just non-white people. But... <laughs> do you know what that reminded me of? What? Do, you know what? do you know on Twitter when they were talking about, like, do you know, was it Heidi Klum where she was, like, she got called a white woman for supporting somebody else and then somebody uh-huh. came up with, like, different alternatives mm. instead of using white woman or white person. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. One of, them, like, <laughs> one of them was, like, people of no colour, mm-hmm. people of the Caucasian pigmentation or the colonial pigmentation or something yeah. like that. They were that a was, bit harsh. That was a little harsh, harsh. But at the same time, I was like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being, like... Like for me, if you called me brown, that's I am brown. I am yeah. Indian. That's my ethnicity. That's fine. But I guess it's kind of like to do with if we're talking about a specific issue and this issue of not saying the word black, like black, you can say black people. Say that's what it. That's what it is. Say it outrightly. Yeah. Like African American. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What? Okay. So I've seen like articles of like academics referring to black British people as African Americans. What? What? What's what going explain on? Yeah, to me do, how that works. They do yeah. the same thing in Canada. It's really weird. Like because we use the term like Afro Canadian, mm. and all of us are just like just say that word. Say black. Say yeah. Like, it's yeah. really weird. People proper hesitate. They're proper like. Or they whisper it. Like, like, do you know what they mouth like? <laughs> yeah, but that's why there needs to be a comfortable conversation regarding race mm-hmm. because then yeah. stuff like this won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I, I think people are scared to talk about being black, so they just group us together. But then that's so like detri- like that's so detrimental. Is that mm-hmm. the word? Because mm-hmm. my experiences, even like you and me, like we're black, you and me, Stacey, but like our our experiences are never the same. So how are you going to group? everyone that has melanin into one basket and i think that's actually quite dangerous because poc and black people are not on the same level in so many ways in the sense of like in the legal sense in the use of terms i think in my experience yeah being asian i get bare triggered about this year especially like brown boys when they use the n-word i'm like listen mates mate you can't you can't you can't be using it you're not black like Mm. and then it's that whole thing as oh no but we're all one community but no it's not so there is an importance in differentiating because some people kind of take liberties mm-hmm. and they kind of hop on a bandwagon of black struggle when it's a whole different thing, it's a whole different mm. set of issues we're, we're dealing with here. Yeah, um, I remember this was like a year ago. I saw a girl, she was, I think she was from Hong Kong and she was talking about 
um, Asian, oh, what's the word I'm looking for when people team together? Uh, um, um, not solidarity. Uh, it's something along solidarity. I can't remember the word. Mm-hmm. Said, oh, I like Kate Paul. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> we go ahead. Just <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, ally, allyship. Yeah, allyship yeah. There we go. And the um, East Asian community um, towards like the Black community because apparently when Black Lives Matter was a thing, people have shirts that said Yellow Lives Matter. My days. Whee! And I was just like watching this girl's video, and she she did a way better job than I ever will. She was so like articulate with what she had to say, but um, it's just kind of yeah, it's kind of like that mm-hmm. where like people almost bat, like bandwagon as you were saying mm-hmm. off of the Black experience, mm-hmm. and it's like, and I get it. Like, there's obviously discrimination. Oh, there's also discrimination with, like, towards, like, other POCs. But as you, like, as a black person, I know that other POCs also discriminate against me. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I feel like that's something that's, like, not talked about. Like, you can bandwagon off it. You can, like, kind of, like, be a part of our culture or whatever. But yet, you're still being problematic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's just very lazy because, you know, when, like, the term POC, it's it's just too categorized together where there's so many different struggles. And then when we talk about a black struggle, mm-hmm. people from that, say, POC, try and then say their struggle, but then they're completely missing the point yeah. of the black struggle. And then they're just trying to not oppress themselves, but we're missing the actual point. Yeah. Like, so with, like, Yellow Lives Matter we're actually just jumping over and ignoring the reasons and the stigmas behind Black Lives Matter. And it's also making a joke about something that's very, very, Mm. very serious. Mm. Like, like, I... like, I'm not going to get into it, but, like, the Black Lives Matter movement is, like, a very serious thing. And, like, police brutality is a very, very serious thing. Mm -hmm. Like, doing something like that is just completely disrespecting what just happened and the victims. Yeah. In my opinion. And like that when I when she said that in the video, I was like, Well that's fucked up. Like Yeah, you're just ignoring and disregarding the people that died. And the reason why we have this movement also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it ties into the general co opting of anything black. Like any like like anything like I don't know, like woke or like fleeky or like I think that also extends to social movements as well. So you'll want to be POC and you'll want to co-opt like black struggles and like black social movements, but like you won't actually want to like help black people. That links to what me and Stacey were talking about at one point, which was, I think it must've been like last week Mm. when we were talking about like the use of memes and how black people are memed and Mm. how you're so quick to laugh at these like memes of like black actors and comedians or even just normal people and especially that woman which only i recently only discovered this with the grenfell lady when she turned around and i I felt so guilty because i was like i can't believe like all this time i was laughing at this and it kind of it opens up a a new not a new conversation but a conversation that should have been had ages ago about the use of like black people as memes and how you're you're so quick to laugh but when it comes to helping and de- dealing with things like Grenfell and like calling out the people that are which are not helping or supporting the people are, that are still suffering with the loss of their homes and family members it just kind of kind of puts into perspective why there needs to be a differentiation of what POC 
is and what it means to what it means to be black is one people understanding that it's why so quick to laugh at one group of people but not help them yeah. you know and with that one i felt really like i felt really shit about myself because yeah. i watched the actual interview prior i watched the actual interview prior to that and it really broke my heart to be like i laughed the, the memes were amazing I can't deny the memes were hilarious, but actually after watching that video, I felt some type of way that yeah, I definitely. contributed to that humour. Yeah. And it was really heartbreaking to see. Like, what what was it, if I don't mind so asking? So basically, there was, um, I think, I don't know it like completely in detail, but the general meme was, I was this woman being about to be interviewed and I think she was asked a question. I don't know what question is, so jump in like, if you know. Um, and then this black woman, she must have been walking past this um, person that was about to interview her and she just looked at them, gave them like a bit of a dir- dirty look and then walked off. And that became like a massive meme. Like everyone was using it. Are you it. talking about the woman that does... Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, the one. Yeah, like she keeps the cheeky pattern yeah yeah because when i looked close right you can see the tears in her eyes and i was like i never realized yeah. that like she could have lost someone and mm-hmm. like say if she looks back at these memes mm-hmm. what does that really say yeah and there was a challenge that somebody was doing on tiktok and it was saying um i challenged like my fellow tiktok um what you call them do you know how people are youtubers tiktokers tiktokers tiktok yeah. makers especially the ones that are higher profile to like make a tiktok but don't go into the blacks and don't do a caricature of a black I accent. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. I'm not African-American. Mm. I'm black British. I'm African. I'm from Zimbabwe. But I am guilty of also doing the black accent. Do you know mm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like no <clears throat> being aware of the layers that come with identity yeah. and the layers that come within groups that are in the BAME category or the POC category where there's different types of Asian communities out there. There's so many layers to blackness and there's so many layers to, um, what's the other one? And other like multi ethnic ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers to it, and it's just about being aware of those groups and, and being aware of the way that you're representing yourself and how yeah. you see those people as well. And I think it also links to, like, as much as I understand why it's important to differentiate, um, like black communities from POC. There's also the importance of remembering that there is there is struggle that still happens in POC, but. What I'm trying to get at here is that, especially with recent events with the coronavirus and how, especially being at uni, seeing how literal like international students, like East Asian students are actively trying to battle against the racism that they're experiencing right now. And I'm seeing a lot of black and um, general like um, ethnic minorities targeting these Chinese students and mm-hmm. East Asian students. So again, it's kind of like, it's, we're not just talking, even within POC, there needs to be a, um, an understanding and a conversation that literally, which it, it, we are notorious for not t- talking about things. Like we mm-hmm. are, like from my community, from in South Asian community, we don't talk about nothing. We don't talk about anything. Everything has to be like perfect. It has to be good. No mention of mental health, no mention of, racism not so not at all um so it's kind of like when we don't address these things it's so easy to become a target and then everyone else kind of jumps on it but th- yeah so it can it can go both ways is what i'm saying but obviously some struggles are more severe than others so yeah i really i really respect you for bringing up everything that's happening with coronavirus because um i think i think i read like this woman sarah khan she's like this filmmaker and she was talking about how um it's racist for white people to assume that people of colour are, are victims. It's also racist to assume that we are not perpetrators, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yes. So, like, um, by us, like, by labelling us as, like, victims or, like, marginalised communities, you, you're also stripping us of our accountability because yeah. mm-hmm. we have a responsibility to, like, look out for each other. Absolutely. And honestly, like, a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing, like, it's, it's, 
like it, it be your own people and it's really like mm-hmm. it's disappointing and if you understand i'm not saying every person of color has like has experienced racism or discrimination but if you know what it's like to be marginalized why why are you inflicting that on other people exactly yeah, yeah. and that's something that like always really i guess like mind-boggled me growing up like when I would experience like certain looks from like certain different groups or like for example like when it came to like dating and everything and I would hear friends of mine being like uh, who were also POCs and they would be like oh my family doesn't want to date insert race here mm-hmm. and you're just yeah. like wait 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 and like I don't know if anyone's familiar with that movie with Denzel Washington and she masala mississippi yeah yeah, yeah. oh mississippi masala i was just talking to stacy about that yeah (laughs) and there's like a scene where he looks because he's for those of you who don't know like he's dating a girl who's indian in the film and literally he like looks at her father and And he's black isn't he yeah Yeah. and denzel washington yeah is black Black boy yeah (laughs) and um he's basically looking at the like the girl's father and it's like you're treating me just like how the white people treated you Mm. No, but this is yeah. actually, this gets my blood boiling mm. because this kind of need to kiss a white man's ass in South Asian Ooh. communities makes me, Shivers. makes me Ooh. so Ooh. mad. Because no, but this is actually how it is. Like, I think that for many South Asians that move to this country, um, their anti-blackness, anti-blackness is very rife. Um, it links to so many different things like colorism and all these other things. But when it comes to like community, it's this thing of like, oh, but we're still different. Like that's the black community where the South Asian community and we need to like kind of look at these white people and kind of be like, not thankful, but like they are granting us like an opportunity to like stay here and like kind of, do you know what I mean? It's like, that's how I see it. Maybe I'm mm. wrong. Maybe this is just, this is how I can see it. It's just, just the way you're treating one group to another. It just makes me so angry. Um, There's like a term called the good minority. And my flatmate and I last year, she is from Malaysia. And me and her used to have conversations about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of things that she was explaining to me um, is basically like the East Asian community, because she's Chinese Malaysian, um, will almost be kind of like white people mm-hmm. when it came to like blackness they'll be like well like we never said anything and like you know like white people are like fine. we're different yeah and then we're like, good <laughs> and like even it was really funny because like even in class when i learned about this years ago they'll be like east asians also have like like an expectation to be like smarter and like all of these things wasn't like boris johnson that said that that like like East Asians were like smartest, and then like freaking black people were, <laughs> were dumb. They're at the bottom. Yeah. No, so it's like even if it's like so, I feel like colonialization. Col- sorry, colonization has fucked up so many people's like views on how black people are. That like, not only do I feel targeted by like white people, I feel targeted by like everyone. Yeah. yeah. And sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, um, Mina, your anger over South Asian community. Mm. You feel me? So annoying. Yeah, it's I think, I think there's, because I was going to uh, bring up, like, the model minority myth, whereas, like, some Asians, I think it, there is kind of, like, a split between, not really, but there's a split between, like, the East Asian community and, like, the South Asian community. Mm-hmm. Like, all the, like, it's not that mm-hmm. binary, but, like, there are some Asians who kind of, like, aspire to whiteness. And then I think... The South Asian community 
I don't know if it aspires, but it's more like yeah. we're in our place. Like, it's this is like our place in society. I think from, like, how it's been for me, like, being raised in Croydon and stuff, like, it's, you know, look at Jess, she's like, <laughs> yeah, so, like, there is um, um, a South Asian community there. And don't get me wrong, there are still, like, different groups are more marginalized than others in south asian it's not so binary like as you've mentioned it is very like our identities are very like all over the place but um as a general kind of view like you said it's just like there's an as we need to like not be too white you have to still stick to your asian roots and know certain things and know your language and your culture and like don't forget your asianness but it's in a way that's meant to be not like white people shouldn't see you as an issue and again i think in a general sense i think this probably could apply to just all pox in general but it's this view that um black people are perhaps like anti-establishment and they're just always in the news for xyz reasons and oh, it's what you were saying about like maybe asians being seen as more willing to comply yeah and like we're quite quiet we just get on with our lives we just get on with our jobs we're not trying to be problematic like that which is obviously obviously in real life that's not exactly how it pans out like there's people in the news for all kinds of reasons of all ethnicities but of course black people are the target they are the ones that are always getting the most um, the harshest headlines the harshest of from everybody but yeah that's basically what i was trying to say that is there, there's still a need to stay within the asian box and appease the white man but like don't like shift out of that mm. if that makes sense do you not feel like that comes out of fear yeah probably do you not think because i think when i moved to england so my grandma's like white british and she kind of didn't see me as anything different as white British because I think um, she was kind of scared for me, especially like moving to Croydon just for my own safety and that. But also yeah. like I haven't, with white people, they're not as openly racist as a lot of, I've noticed a lot of Arab and MENA communities. Mm. And what's a MENA community? Middle East, North Africa. Okay. And um, not you. Not me. I was getting a bit <laughs> my like, own, my own <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. But then I'm just kind of confused because a lot of, especially from my family, my friends, and especially the Cypriot community, they're so openly racist. Especially, and I don't understand because we have the same history. We're all victims of colonialism. So how do you see yourself different? Like we celebrate our independence from the British, but then here you are, like sucking up to the white man mm-hmm. and trying to conform to their standards. Mm. And it's like it's like selective amnesia of a lot exactly. of time. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's just like we literally had the British present in our countries. Like you, I don't understand like how you can then be like, oh, you know, we should be grateful for living in Britain and stuff. Like I am grateful for my opportunities, but I'm not gonna sit here and just accept certain things like racism and th- that's not uh, that's not in my what, what's the word like in my um, agreement in my agreement. Yeah, I, I didn't agree to nothing, but. No, but also it's the fact that some of this is so recent. Yeah. Like India, like even like Bangladesh as a state, like is such a recent thing. So like the fact that some people like Bengali community being South Asian, like like India, what was it, 1947? Mm-hmm. Like that's recent history. That's not like 1800s like yeah. the selective amnesia thing and there's yeah. still like it's still 
very um evident of like british presence like it's still even in our legislation and laws and stuff like especially with the homosexuality acts mm -hmm. in india like that was abolished pretty recent like in the last couple of years so it's like that was put by the british and like things like that like, how are you forgetting where it comes from i don't understand mm. like you just gotta just know it's part of your history and that we have we don't serve nobody we serve ourselves and our lives just purely Ooh. that so you know what i mean get write that down get that tattooed that was in sanskrit. The best thing I said. yeah in sanskrit <laughs> but yeah. i think especially now people are especially in like in the recent news about uh people from the windrush generation being sent back from yeah. minor crimes yeah. so i think that is going to bring out more um like sucking up to the white man mm -hmm. just out of fear like even for crimes that they served already for parking crimes and all of that it's kind of like so, sorry real quickly it's the thing about like um what was it when they sent the jamaican yeah people back yeah. yeah even though it was overruled and it was illegally they could not do that but they still did it and i think that's another way to perpetuate fear and say that no matter how long you've been in this country no matter how many taxes you pay no matter how many years you spend in our education system we still have the power to send you back to where you came from and it's a punishment to them being sent back to your homeland is now a punishment because they've kind of modeled you to become this british citizen mm -hmm that is still not equal to them as domestically or as like homegrown Brits, Anglo-Saxon kind of vibe. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's that whole use of fear to, that fear also works so that people become the model. What do you call the model? Mild, 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 model, model what? Minority. Model minority because of that, of that fear that they keep perpetuating. There was just two points that I wanted to say. Yeah. Uh, what you were touching on about how, um, I, I think you were saying that like black people like mo like mobilize whereas is it in the south asian community people people are just expected to go along with it i i personally think that also black people are just politicize whatever they do yeah, just yeah. by us simply being ourselves being. we are lit like we are just um narrated as like going against like the status quo or whatever when we're simply just being ourselves and we are like um like affirming our rights just to simply exist mm. but that will always be political like if you look at like the black panther movement like these women were just wearing their hair natural and stuff like that and i was like wow <laughs> look at what out. they're doing yeah, yeah but it's just yeah. it's yeah just for us to simply exist mm -hmm. and be at peace with ourselves is political so yeah. i feel like i feel like um i feel like i'm not trying to narrate like your experiences but i think like being like being south asian maybe they're not they're not trying to keep their heads down they are simply being their self and that is a political act okay. but it's just not narrated as being a political act that's true yeah. um and then also another thing about what um jess was saying and you mina was saying about um like uh in terms of like just like racism against black people i'm sudanese right so we're afro-arabian mm -hmm. we are like we are so racist towards west africans like i'll just say it right now um Cause yeah, cause we're oh, wait, really quick. Can yeah. you say that as racism, or can you say that as being sorry, not racist? Yeah, sorry, I'm not. See these 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 terms in it. I can't keep up. No, thank you for pointing that out. Um, I would say there's like a there's a hierarchy basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sorry, racism. I'm not. But like, yeah, there is a hierarchy, and I feel like again that stems from colonialism. I'm not obviously. I, I'm not. I'm not too. I don't have a lot of knowledge about it, but I do know that they have that. Um, to establish 
um, a colony and to disrupt it, first you establish a hierarchy and you're like, you know what, you guys are actually better than those people down there. And then that's how you that's how you establish dominance because you're saying you are at the top and you decide that. And by having that in in um, in Africa. It, it just sets us up to like hate each other mm-hmm. and there is yeah. honestly like within my, i'm not trying to name names but in my family like like it's like like i just entertain it i'm like oh you know like what happened if i brought you know like a like a, like a, a flat guy home i instigate in it mm. but like um my family member was like yeah you can bring anyone home but just not a jamaican where did that come from where did that come from do you know what that's so also africa like i know jamaica in in africa before someone comes to me but like (laughs) she knows geography (laughs) i know but but it's just it's like it's that sort of like um What's, what's it called? Intolerance? Yeah. Yes. Where, where is it stemming from? And again, it's that hierarchy and it's our superiority complex because look at us, like, we're better people, we're more educated. Where where does it come it from? from? I do have this thing where, like, Zim people, we were colonized until 1980. Yeah, that's, that's that was like, a late time. So my mum is older yeah. than Zimbabwean independence, which I find hilarious because my mum's not even that old. But um, is this thing... For me, I feel like it's a thing of jealousy. Like West Africans have such a dominant culture. They have such a strong presence, no matter where they are, whether they're in America. African-Americans are complaining, too many Nigerians, they're, they're, they're messing up the culture for us African-Americans, but it's like, no, they just know that they know themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing of jealousy, where in Zim, I don't even know what our traditional wear is, but we, we wear like African attire, but that's Africa, that's not specific to Zim, whereas people in Nigeria may wear gele. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's the thing of like your culture not being so prominent anymore where you start to build this intolerance and this jealousy of other cultures in Africa. So, yeah. I want to say there's an equivalence like with like India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. Mm. Like, oh my God, my, some people in my family, mostly like the first, second generation, literally hate Pakistan. Like, oh my God. Like, it's a whole, he, because like, Obviously, so between Pakistan and Bangladesh, so Bangladesh became a state independent from Pakistan, so it used to be Pakistan. Um, and obviously there was a lot of violence, civil violence. Was it east, east, and there's a west? East, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like, people in my family have gone, like, shot by, like, Pakistani people, like, lost an eye because of them, like, that sort of, like, violence. But then it's, like, it's all because of Britain. Like, they just, like, hopped out of India left Pakistan to do its thing, then left, like, Bangladesh to do its thing. And it's, like, I understand the hatred, though, like, the bad blood, but it's, like, you're all coming from, like, the same... It's all coming from the same person. It's just the same pattern. So this is the thing. Like, what do you get from trying to appease white people, the white man? I think allyship is not just about, like, supporting a movement, but actually understanding where these problems and issues stem from. Because, like, what is it? What does it do for you for you to be like oh yeah i'm not like the black community like you know in south asian communities we just get on with it we just do it we just you know whatever whatever the stereotypes may be like instead why aren't you so willing to just be like you know we're our own community we i i don't know i think what i'm so bothered by is why do you want why would you rather affiliate yourself with white people which you're nothing alike than to um, another community that you do share common common things with like whether it's cultural whether it's values because for me in my experience i feel like i haven't got any hate towards white people or anything like that like i can make friends with white people but for me i've been 
it's easy for me. What what he do? What did I say? <laughs> Sorry, no, it was, it was the way you were saying it. Like I ain't racist. I got white friends. Oh my days. Yeah. I've had white friends in the past, yeah. but I can see where we didn't have a lot of things in common, but we yeah. were still friends. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I can be friends with white people. I just find it easy to click with fellow mm-hmm. people of colour and black people as opposed to just you know kind of being like oh like you know maybe my community will appreciate it better if i'm friends with white people than as opposed to having black friends or anything which like that which is funny because your parents like why are you coming in here and then you're acting like your white friends in my house yeah oh, what, why yeah. it's that constant <laughs> reference that like you think you're white yeah you're not. you think you're white but then they also want you to be in with the white people yeah so I don't understand what am I meant to do? I know they're not teaching you to hate them, but at the same time, they're telling you not to be them whilst expecting you to act like them in order to fit with them. So mm-hmm. all of it is just this circle that just doesn't make it's a lot of sense to me. I know I speak, I speak. Yeah, you basically said everything I was trying to say, but obviously I, my anger just, sometimes you just kind of... You don't know how to articulate just, yourself and then you're digging a hole now they think you're anti-white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's never me, man. I know, I've got white that's, that's honestly my fear. Like, I feel yeah. like... Um, I don't know, like, growing up, I've been in predominantly white spaces. And yeah. when you challenge yeah. something, you're like, oh, I'm not trying to stir the pot. You know, I'm just... Let me play oh. devil's advocate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. Oh, I was about to say, it's like when you kind of, like, grow up in white spaces, it's, like, almost really funny when, like, someone says something problematic because towards the end of my high school career, I would literally, somebody would say something and then they would be like, why? And I'd be like because and then they'd be like but like why and i'm like you know what jordan i don't need this argument <laughs> fucking <Jordan. sitting." laughs> and like i'm like i'm just gonna go and then like someone just be like can you like stop like she's quiet and i'll be like thanks <laughs> <laughs> it's like that thing yeah. when like we're reading of mice and men oh. and then there's about the black guy and oh. everyone looks at you like <laughs> or like kids we're gonna talk about black history month turn around uh, to that, to that turn your ass back around you know how <laughs> awkward i'm feeling about one of the modules i'm studying right now so as much as like, i really am interested in learning about indian politics and stuff it's not necessarily that anyone's looking at me but i feel like everyone's looking at me because mm. it's like i don't know my i don't know my own political like circumstances like in india and stuff and my teacher's like um no actually there was one news item there's like i think there's like four indian people in that module um and she was like looking at all of us like so guys like have you read about this and she just looked at me and i just went there like um i was just looking down because i was just like i i didn't i didn't, I didn't see one but yeah, I felt really awkward. I was sweating and everything. But yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's part of like a wider issue where like people of colour are expected to like narrate their experiences on the spot or like yeah. just state their experiences mm-hmm. or just have a certain pressure on, on them to like understand like their history and their heritage and stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, mate, you're just trying to get educated. Well, obviously. I just, like, just want to learn. Yeah, like you, know, do you, you. Did you have the emotional capacity that day? No, no, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like 9 a.m. and they're looking yeah. at you expecting to like sit up like Malcolm X and you're just like, listen, mate, like it's sometimes, 9 a.m. <laughs> sometimes it's pressure on yourself though because I am yeah. I feel like each of these lessons, I feel like I should say something, but then mm. I feel like at the end of it, I'm like, I didn't say anything in that class. We're talking about India. Like, I never get a chance to talk about my, you know, my home country that much. Like in my other modules, it's not so relevant, but that's a whole separate separate issue. We're talking about decolonizing the curriculum, but you know, we'll leave that for Ooh, another day. But um, <laughs> you know what I mean? That shameless plug right there but um yeah so it's like in those classes there is again like i feel like because of how we've been raised and 
being in a space that is perhaps white or not even like I think for me I've been around people of color and like black people pretty much my whole life but there's still a pressure to explain certain things that you might do that another person might not do and then I still felt that in that space even though there's no one's no one cares but I just feel like everyone's looking at me like there's sometimes a thing where I don't know why I start my sentences like that. I don't even think that's grammatically correct, but that's beside the point. That's all right. Anyway, it's like I f- it's like in my um, elective drama and film that I did in foundation year. We was doing Bell and we was looking at race. And then um, another week we was going to be doing um, Thingy Del Toro, that film, Pan's Labyrinth. And everybody was really excited, but they were very disappointed that that's when the strikes were happening because they all had things that they had to say about Pan's Labyrinth. Um, I know that that film also discussed like a wider social issue about like the Spanish Civil War and all that kind of stuff, which is very interesting, but that's still European. So when we're speaking about Belle, it was, lo- it was looking at like this um, character was looking at her gender and her um, race and how they kind of worked together. It's based on a real story. Um, basically, this slave girl, um, her mum was a slave and then her dad was a white captain man. And then she was oh, raised by yes, his family. I love this movie. So <laughs> I felt like during the class discussion, I was the only one speaking. And then I one or two that. people yeah. were speaking. And it's I so felt so much, I felt really shit because I was like, this is really important. Yeah, I'm the only one who has an interest in what's happening. But everybody can't wait to see the, the centaur and the little girl be friends in this fantasy land. <laughs> Yet these are actual proper real social issues that are affecting people in the day to day. I'm sorry to bring up like a point that was made probably like 30 minutes ago. But you made a really good point about like almost like appeasing to the white guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, one thing uh, that I kind of noticed, and one thing I like kind of think about, even like, so right now my hair is natural. Um, we love it. Thank you. Love to see it. Gorgeous. Thank you. I usually never wear my hair natural. I've never seen it. Yeah, time. it's usually either in a weave, in a wig, in braids. Has somebody called you disco queen before? No, but I have, my dad has like told me, hey, do you know who you look like? And I'm like, what? And he's like, Diana Ross. I'm like, okay. I'll yeah, take yeah. That. <laughs> I was like, thanks, nice dad. Um, so, like, even this, doing my hair today, I was like, I'm going to show these fucking white people. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> just doing my hair, like, today, putting like product in my hair was even about that. Because as you were saying, like no matter what we do, it will always be political like politicized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like as we were saying, like as a person of color that just kinda I'm quiet. I'm usually really quiet. I keep to myself. The minute I make a mistake, the minute anything happens, I'm immediately demonized. Mm. Every time. And there was a really great article that this girl wrote i don't remember her name it was in team vogue this was like a year ago i read this but she was talking about being the model minority and she was like being the model minority do you know who i'm talking yes, about she was, Abdel- she was an australian girl yes yes okay okay yeah yeah and so she like that article was yeah. literally her basically being like i've literally had great grades always appeased to the white people and the minute i said something everybody got mad so it's like at one point you just kind of have to go you know what fuck this Mm -hmm. fuck everything if you got a problem clearly it's a you thing Mm -hmm. and not a me thing so maybe we should work on you changing and Mm -hmm. if you want to start coming at me for fucking anything maybe there's an issue with you Mm -hmm. she said (laughs) preach oh i saw that with um What's his name? Eugene Lee Yang. 
one of the try guys. Try guys. Try guys. Oh, I try love guys. Them. I love them. Yeah. So he is part of the LGBT community and he's also part of the East Asian, specifically Korean community. And he always talks about how he feels pressured to be great at everything so that he doesn't let his community down. Yeah. And just to think about the kind of consequences of that, like imagine putting so much pressure on yourself to be that amazing person that represents a community really, really well is so difficult. And I feel like maybe what if he does slip up, then he's going to get attacked. They'll be like, oh, but he's gay, he's Korean. They'll be using that against him, even though he's been trying to um, uplift his community. Because I'm always wondering, like, Eugene is amazing at everything. How can one man be so talented? But it's because he puts so much pressure on himself. And I think it also comes back to the thing of fear, fear of being ridiculed for parts of his identity if he doesn't if he doesn't if he's not the best version that he can be and that's really stressful i would not be able to to do that well they did it with beyonce yeah like when she did formation and like she was just kind of like (laughs) it was so funny because there's a great snl skit about her basically admitting that she's black and everyone's like, we can't believe Beyonce is black. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and like, because like Formation is like a black song, yeah, you know? She's yeah. like, I like my Negro nose, my mm. Jackson 5 Afro. She's all proud to be black. And all the white people were like, what is happening? And then they were like trying to boycott her. And at her tour, her uh, Formation World Tour, she had shirts. I even got one. And it said, boycott Beyonce. and she literally was like listen at the end of the day i'm still beyonce and i'm making 1.5 billion dollars with my husband so yeah keep going on (laughs) i think beyonce is quite is it palatable yeah she's very palatable um, for the white people because if you say no matter what i do oh you look like beyonce and i'm like really in truth i look nothing like beyonce because for one i'm dark skin (laughs) i'm bald I can't sing for shit, <laughs> but everything I do is, oh, you look like Beyonce. And it's just kind of like, because she's the most, mem- not most memorable black woman, but she's the one that white people are more aware of. Yeah. Bear, bear in mind, like Rihanna, or but she's not on par with Beyonce in the way that people recognize her. Because mm-hmm. Rihanna can be recognized as the Bajan girl. She's from Barbados, isn't yeah, she? she is. So like, she'd, be, she'd be seen Caribbean as the Bajan girl, whereas Beyonce is <laughs> seen as the American pop star. Yeah. Mm. So hence why she's probably more palatable for the average white UK male. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's, female there's like several points that I wanted to put, uh, talk about. When you're talking about Beyonce being palatable, I think that, fam, that is my word of the week. Honestly. Tasty words. Tasty words. It is. It's satisfying to say. But I think, yeah, because Beyonce is so palatable, I feel like that's where, you know, a lot of a lot of people's activism stops, if that makes sense. Like, oh, I listen to Beyonce. You know, she talks about Black Lives Matter and, you know, mm. being black and proud. And mm. I feel like it's it's quite it's quite superficial. And I feel mm. like because she is palatable and because she's kind of made, like, being engaged in, like, current affairs um, popular, if that mm. makes sense, people are like, yeah, I'm in with the crowd. Now mm-hmm. I'm part of it. And then it comes back to what we were talking about before, about being woke and all of that stuff. So that's that. But then also mm. what you were talking about... Um, uh, in terms of, oh, what was it? I think um, we'll talk. Oh yeah, you're talking about um, uh, try guys. Yeah. So I, I know who you're talking about. I just don't know his name. But I think also it um, in terms of like uh, pressure from your community, there's it comes in different forms. So in terms of like if you want to hold your community accountable, mm-hmm. personally, I like I I have like a I, I kind of go through this as well. If, for example, something's happening in, like, the Muslim community or, like, the Arab community and I want to call it out, 
I kind of feel like I really need to pick and choose what I talk about because already the far right are chatting shit about Muslims yeah. and mm. Arabs. So I need to be like, can I hold my community accountable when they are when they are not like when we're not doing so great, but without it being like used as like fuel does that make Mm -hmm. sense to justify hatred and stuff like that and i feel like as people of color and coming from our different communities there is being concerned about oh shit like what is the media saying about me today or what what are you know what are like people that are the default like white men saying about me today but Mm -hmm. then you also need to worry about okay but if there is a time when i need to start challenging people within my own community how is that going to be used against me does that make sense it's like we're just all sides you just can't win it's just like you can't win and it's 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 this generational thing like even like like my parents living here and then you know they've had kids now and like we feel like our experiences are different like my experience is completely different to my dad's um but it's kind of like I'm I feel like I'm more willing to actively call it out as opposed to my family and my dad kind of just accepting things the way they are and I think they find it annoying sometimes they're just mm. like there's like oh here we go like she's You're just known off as that one at Christmas dinner in it like, well I keep oh, my mouth yeah. shut to be honest <laughs> it's one of these things where I can't I that's the thing I can't be too vocal I feel like I can't in my family setting because you don't want to be controversial to the point where they're going to start hating you and you feel ostracized and that pressure is there like you can only do you can only do and say so much where they will stop listening yeah so like it becomes a real difficult conversation (laughs) to have about calling out your community and things like that because ultimately that's that can sometimes feel like a safe space like for me it's still a safe space for me it's my family it's my culture it's my foundations of who I am as a person stems from my Indian culture but a lot of the time where Indians or Hindu Indians anyway I'll be very specific we're not in the spotlight like that so it's the the issues that stem from my community against other communities whether it be Muslim or the black community or any other community that is in the spotlight it's like we're so why are we the first to feel like we need to say something against them who said you need to do that who even asked like do you know what i mean you have the right to say what you want but why do you feel like the first thing you need to say has to be so negative that Mm. these are people you're surrounding yourself with you go to these people's shops you you are sitting um in school with them you're working with these people and you have the audacity to say such negative things and just makes me feel like if I speak too much then my my own like family or my community members will look at me like this girl is just like she's not being Indian even though it's not it doesn't mean to be Indian means to be negative towards other community members but you're not it's that nationalism do you know what I mean like Indians are heavily nationalist especially the current political climate in India is very like anti-Muslim and anti this anti that it's just it's very rife so it kind of makes it hard to kind of deal with the pressures of helping other community members, but also, like Eugene said, just being with more personal kind of issues. So how would you guys like to end the episode? How What's the nice little round-off that you want to do? I don't remember anything. There's <laughs> so many distractions about, today. Uh, we talked about POC, what it means to be categorised Okay, no, I that. think this is what we can do. We can kind of discuss, like, um, what we stand on this issue of, like, POC, POC, and black being too separate is not too separate, but kind of using the correct terms and stuff like that. No, like, no. Because we're called the Wokeness Podcast. Let's remember that. So we're talking. We're, there is a still like a like an element of grouping. Do you know I, what I mean? To be fair, my friend did say to me, she was like, I don't really know where I stand with the whole being called a woman of colour thing because I asked quite a lot of my black friends as well and they were saying, black female friends, and they were saying they don't really feel comfortable being categorised as double O's, double 
WOC, they don't feel comfortable being categorized that way. So I mm-hmm. said to them, I was like, one of my responses was just that it's just an it's the only way that we can show solidarity. But that's mm-hmm. does that that's not to say that we're not going to question what it means to be um, a woman of color. Definitely. That doesn't mean that we're just going to accept that that's how we're categorized and we're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Because it's not. I'm not okay with being categorized as a woman of color because I know that there's so much anti-blackness yeah. that happens in POC communities. So for me, I would I stand in the group of people that don't really want black to be seen as POC, but to be seen as a separate struggle that's a lot harder in some senses. Because there's also other things that people intersect with that make it more difficult. But being black is a lot harder than... In certain situations, it's a, lot, it's a lot harder. So that's where I stand on it. But that's not to say that wanting black people to be not categorised as POC, that's not to say that we want to exclude ourselves completely from that community mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, we do all share similar struggles. It's just that understanding that other races have more prominent struggles in certain sectors. No, I agree. That makes any kind of sense. Mm-hmm. I agree, actually. Um, the reasoning is pretty much the same as you. Like Being called the wokeness podcast, like it is... It's about solidarity. Like we specifically have each co-host is of a like of a different race, of a different background for a specific reason, which is we wanna we wanna talk about our experiences in a way that can be relatable and and it, often we hear it like you're like literally if I'm talking to Sharis, you might go through the same thing, but we will always make it clear that if it's a black issue, it's a black issue. Mm-hmm. If it's a POC issue, it's a POC issue. Mm-hmm. But it does not mean there's no intersections. And that's the thing. We're here to support the intersectionality. We're going to have, we're trying to drive a conversation. And our title of the podcast is not the defining thing. It's not about just grouping. We're trying to be specific on our issues and relate it in a broader way. In, in If that makes sense, just kind of make it more like tailored to all each of our experiences, basically. Yeah, it's a convo. And I think that, like, it's almost a... It's a really nice way to, like, start a conversation mm-hmm. um, in every community because we have, like, a diverse group. And, like, as you said, like, each experience is different or very similar. And, like, I feel like through this you can be like, oh, I can experience this, and you just can learn. Which it's my it's my very peaceful way of saying, I'm sorry, words are not failing. <laughs> I mean there's not really I don't really know what to add because I feel like you all of you guys have just been so articulate and eloquent um and I think yeah I think the key is like yes I mean if if we want to make sense of it like all, all the melanin people like people of color women of color but I think the main main thing not to lose is that we all have our own individual experiences and like addressing like intersectionality and how you know most of the time it's not just one problem it's Mm -hmm. a mixture of it and it's also like from like it's within your own community and then also come like an outside source as well yeah i agree so khadija has something to say oh my god oh my god sorry yes no i just want to bring it back to this room because even though even in this room it's so like we call the workness podcast but like even we can't represent every single no, yeah, every yeah. single type of experience yeah. Yeah. which like we do need to recognize like there are going to be gaps to be filled yeah. which hopefully we will be filling with guests mm. at some point we got a whole list all yeah. of us have different people um but that's what i mean like we can't a conversation can only do so much like we can't we can't um 
speak for every single experience but we can try the best we can yeah we, we don't like that's that yeah i guess it's more the thing of like we're gonna we're gonna introduce a conversation and then you can hear what we have to say but hopefully it's the thing where you're able to take away from it and have a discussion with your friends and your family members like these are things that should not kind should not be kind of like overlooked basically yeah and from yeah. that conversation campaigns can start do you know what i mean yeah. it, it, everything starts at a table maybe over coffee maybe over a bevy but a conversation starts and turns what? into something more a bevy, a bevy. you're going for a bevy oh you're bevy. so bevy. manchester manchesterian base Pers- yeah that's Mwah. it <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. and on okay. that note <laughs> that's the end of today's episode yeah thank you for listening and we'll see you at the next one Peace goodbye out. <laughs>